Hey, Luna. Hey, Operator. How, uh, how's it going for you? It's going okay for me. Not too bad. Uh, how is it going for you? I, I actually got on my bike and rode several times last week, so felt uh, really good. You know what's weird? And I, runners, some other people out there, they may be able to attest to this, but I have not ridden, like I rode professional, semi-professionally, road mm-hmm. bike, uh, cycling uh, in the 90s and then I, I i literally have not gotten on a bike like that uh in 20 years um and if you asked me to step out in front of my house and run around the block i would be gassed mm. by the first corner and i'd want to go home there would just be no two ways about it if you told me hey go work out at the gym i'd get like three minutes into doing whatever i'm doing there and i'd be gassed i can ride for miles and my my body just knows how to do it. Like it knows how to breathe properly while I do it. My legs know what to do. My you know my form comes comes kind of clicks into place. And um, I was so happy because I was so worried that I would get uh, back on that and I would have just lost it. You know. And I'm like, great. The one thing I thought I could do, yeah, I can't do. But I I was actually really pleasantly pleased. I haven't I haven't lost as much weight, but I feel feel really good i feel like i'm moving in a good direction and i'm excited about getting on it again the next time which is always a good feeling you know it helps that you got that uh perpendicular plantain seat yes yeah it keeps you really grounded you feel every bump in the road um but what does perpendicular mean up and down you you probably meant vertical vertical thank you it helps that you got that vertical plantain <laughs> seat which is a bigger uh banana Bigger, bigger than a banana seat. <laughs> perpendicular would be fun too, because it starts vertical, you get it in, and then it goes perpendicular. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my god, it just tears you up. It really gets you, really gets you going. It cracks your hips open a bit. You know, makes you gives you good birthing hips. Eh. Yeah, I got stuck on the peas there. <laughs> perpendicular plantain sounded good in my head. All right. Do you remember banana seats? Speaking of bananas. How could I forget? Those are so yeah. cool. I never had a bike with a banana seat on it. I always, by the time they rolled around in my my generation, they were kind of attributed with girl bikes more than boy bikes. Uh, they didn't start that way, but yeah, yeah, I thought they were cool. No, riding one of those as a guy, you know, you're, you're packing, showing off. Check him out. You know, it's funny. You think about it, is it's like they started out as kind of a unisex kind of seat you know boy bikes and girl bikes had them and then it evolved into mostly girl bikes had banana seats and then if you fast forward to everybody being 60 years old do you know where banana seats come back again nope motorcyclists So the baddest people on the planet have grabbed that from the clutches of time and made that part of their (laughs) Yeah, think they're the badasses. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, those road hogs. So you never had a banana seat? Either did I. I didn't. Neither did I. You you have to have a basket on the front and tassels to have a banana seat from my recollection. I had one bike with tassels, uh, but they were color-coded with the bike, so I felt like, you know, it was kind of appropriate at least. So, hey, I got the question for you. 
Hey, sure. uh, any, anything else you want to add? How you're, you're good? No, no, it'll just be more banana seeds, plantain seeds, <laughs> me screwing up vertical or horizontal. Okay, moving on then. Mm. Uh, I got a question for you. Sure. Hey, hey, Luna. Hi. Hi. Here is a fun fact to know and share. What do you think a defense attorney is required to do in the event that their client admits? their crime to them privately pinky swear i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep their mouth shut very uh, warm <laughs> pinky swear uh the the defense attorney's job as a defense attorney is simple it is to fight the government's evidence that's it okay. that's their job mm-hmm. if if a defense attorney's client confesses to them their number one job is to make sure that that person doesn't lie under oath. Mm-hmm. Confessing to your defense attorney can make your their life a lot more difficult in that regard because now they're they're burdened with this like okay <laughs> that's perjury. <laughs> If you say, you know, it was my understanding, like with defense lawyers, that they're mostly uh, mobbed up, or, or they're, you know, they're a little shady. I, I don't think you can help but be so over time if you want to win cases. Like it helps them a lot to know, hey, are you guilty of this? Because this is how we're going to navigate yeah. this going forward to get you um, the the least amount of time because it will come out. Type right. Thing, right. Yeah. Can you imagine being a defense attorney and you, you even if you're trying to be whatever ethical i guess maybe i don't think it can be yeah like everything has to be thrown as a hypothetical like you're like okay randy if hypothetically you were to have done something that rhymes with reheading a person and (laughs) then (laughs) and and committed perder uh and wristmembered a roddy um you know, how would you have done it or not done it, hypothetically speaking? <laughs> you know, that would be so yeah. hard. So that got me thinking about something that I went down a rabbit hole and we cannot cover it here, but I promise you we're going to because this blew my mind. As soon as I started looking into that and I'm like, the defense attorney's job's pretty crazy, I kind of put it in the same camp as like a. Uh, priests, if they get a conf- uh, confession from somebody, they don't have to go to the authorities with it, and they actually and they actually can't be compelled as a witness. Uh, crazy, super crazy, but um, but similar defense attorneys. So it got me thinking. I was like, I wonder if there's any cases out there where the defense attorney has become a witness for the prosecution. That's interesting. That's the way that I do a lot of dark topics is thinking about a particular style of crime. Did this happen? Yeah. You know? And yeah. So, great. And the answer is, you betcha. And the answer yeah. also is, still happens. And the answer is, it's actually a thing. One of the ways that, that that kind of thing happens is if the state is investigating behind the scenes, they're investigating like the courts, the court system lawyers in general, judges, they may have something on you as a defense attorney already. They're like, they like know that you did something untoward in another case or they're, you're under investigation for a certain thing. They can come to you and be like, okay, you are going to be a CI or an informant for us 
on your client that you've got right now. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know that. I was like, it, it violates so many constitutional rights in the U.S. It just blows my mind. But, but it happens. And and the funny thing is, you can't be disbarred for doing that. I mean, you could probably lose a lot of clients because, like, if you keep losing cases because you're setting your own clients up, you would think that that's oh, you know, yeah. not good for business. But oh. in in a lot of the cases where this has happened, like uh, judges are become sort of aware of it and they like they just like go no 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 after the after the the sentence is you know handed down they're like we know what you did and that's bad slap you on the wrist but but you can't be disbarred necessarily for it it's a, it's a whole quagmire but i i wow. stumbled into that and we'll cover that at some point because there's actually some cases and some 911 calls that are involved with those cases where that's happened and it'll be a fun one but anyway interesting crazy yeah i was mm-hmm. just blown away by that though that uh defense attorneys yeah you'd think they have their clients best intentions all the time but well nope. also you think the word might get around because yeah. criminals talk to each other got nothing to do but talk so once they get into prison it's like hey that lawyer snitched you know, on me he's a snitch <laughs> he's a snitch <laughs> oh or or the or the flip side of that oh, well not even the flip side of that could you imagine i and you know how we talk we're like oh yeah serial killer you know we've seen some pretty bad ones but i'll bet you the worst one is still out there <laughs> could you imagine i'll bet you there's a whitey bulger professional level defense attorney snitch out there who's like that's his career is 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 turning evidence i bet on his own clients i'll bet you there's a guy out there that's a movie to be made where if oh, that for sure. gets caught for sure what, what you said about serial killers there about them being out there right i had i've had people ask me multiple times like you know how, how many how many serial killers like do you think that there are people out there doing it right now like i know there are yeah like, you you definitely know that there. where are they we don't everywhere and everywhere. anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, who knows? They're, they're everywhere where the neighbors would say, we never saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they're at. <laughs> if, right. if you know a quiet, reserved, kind of nice guy that lives across the street, probably, you know, that's yeah. where they're happening. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't detect it. How many, how many sex predators, sexual predators are, are out there? Oh, I don't know. Like, Take a look. You could you could look it up online. Me yeah. and Ken Chungus from True Crime Kent were doing this the other night. It's disturbing. Just like measles all around his place. You can't see it as much here, but I'm looking and it's like, oh, this guy took a nine-year-old girl and held her captive and raped her for like a week. Yeah. And the, the, the report is like, he's been released in this area. Yeah. This just general area. And he is a high risk to reoffend, but he served his time. He did not try to take any steps. They tell you like he took steps to try to improve himself right. and went through sexual counseling and yeah. whatever. He didn't do any of that stuff. No. And he's in this area. <laughs> Have a good night. His rate of recidivism is extremely high and he's living next to you. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. You know, and that's Everywhere. just the Google map that shows you where the ones that have been caught are, right? Yeah. So Yeah, where's the active ooh, guys? Geez. Smart guys. It's terrible. It's like a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um hey, I got another question for you. Sure. Have you ever heard the term inflammatory evidence? Uh, uh no. Okay. I haven't. I know your mind's probably going toward this, so I'll just cut it off at the pass. It is not proof of a hemorrhoid. Hemorrhoids, yeah. It was a, It was in that area, but yeah. I'm tired of making ch- ch- corny jokes, jokes on this podcast all the time. So <laughs> I'm not. Ahead. I'm just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> I take pride in those one stars. <laughs> right. Saying some blah, 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 dad joke, one star. <laughs> I got more. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's not hemorrhoids. 
it's basically characterized as um, evidence in a case, like crime scene photos or physical evidence from the scene. You know, evidence the crime that an attorney wants to enter into evidence for sure. Um, mm -hmm. The court, with all evidence, uh, has to confirm that the evidence is one relevant to the trial; otherwise, it's not admissible. And two, can assist the jury's understanding of the facts of the case. Uh, both of those things have to, th those two boxes have to be checked in order for any evidence to be entered in. Oftentimes, um, defense attorneys might call some evidence inflammatory evidence uh, and try to argue that things like crime scene photos of victims, they don't outweigh the likelihood that, that such photos would inflame the jury, causing jury members to be prejudicial toward their clients. So they can argue that, no, this photo, whilst, whilst maybe it checks box number one that it's relevant to the trial – it doesn't outweigh the fact that it doesn't extend the facts of the case anymore, and it triggers the jury. So literally, you might not be able to see crime scene photos of a bullet-riddled body or the the mayhem that the criminal uh, took place in in applying to the victim because the the defense attorney's like no nah, it's just uh, no nah, it's too much it's going to scare the jury can't show them can't show them that no. <laughs> You know, right. mm -hmm. crazy. It reminds me of uh, the Bernardo case out here, the Paul Bernardo uh, serial killer case. Yeah, he uh, his lawyer hid all these videos of him torturing Leslie Mahaffey, Kristen French, I believe. I don't Jeez. know which one, or nobody knows because they didn't show it. He like hid this stuff to 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 protect his client. That that's the other side of not being a rat, you know. Like that's the guy. Yeah. That, you, that you want on your team, man. So for him, his, his um, um, reasoning behind doing that is that you know he was protecting his client. It's like where where does where does it come in? Like that would be inflammatory evidence right there <laughs> that he was <laughs> outright doing doing this thing. But he was somehow okay in hiding this. Yeah, it's it's a very. Uh, Actually, I don't know if he was okay. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not schooled enough on that. It's precarious. Ahead. Any way you look at it, the uh, another thing that happens a lot is, uh, you know, people, <laughs> we see comments on like Facebook or comments on our uh, when we post an episode on Patreon. Uh, people are like, "I was screaming at my phone. Uh -huh. The answer to it was Kentucky. You guys, it's yeah. Kentucky. You know, um, imagine I can hear them. Yeah. I can hear them right now." <laughs> Right. Well, in in cases, oftentimes, previous convictions on similar types of crimes uh, where they've done the time can't be entered into evidence as, you know, character character evidence or anything like that. And so some people outside the court system would be like, that guy did this five years ago. You know? And the jury's just like, oh. Because they don't know about it, they they're they're right. not given that information, and it, it can be one of those things where it's just like, boy, and it's happened a couple times actually, where uh, actual couple, it happens often where the judge will not allow evidence into a case based on previous crimes that the person has com committed, but once the jury hands down the sentence, sometimes the judge is like, now that this is over, uh, let me show you what else he did. And then they right. get to see or hear about the previous crimes, and and it 
Oh, that that'd be give you PTSD if you're a jury and you let a guy walk and then the judge shows you all the other things he's done. I feel like when once they found the other stuff that he's done, like they go up into in, in the Carla Homoka, uh, Paul Bernardo case, they find these tapes and the and the and the trial's already over, and now Carla Homoka's free in Quebec somewhere or whatever happened. Yeah, and they see her torturing these girls on these videos, but it wasn't available at the time of the trial. My common sense tells me, hey, maybe we should, uh, I don't know, make that count somehow, <laughs> but, right? But it just doesn't because it, you know. The way that the Double system works. Double jeopardy or, or mm-hmm. you know, what we talked about before where where they can't retroactively punish you more. Uh, they can't change the law. Oh, yeah. There are there are some there are some things. And and when that happens, you'd be surprised, actually. The media might be really excited about trying to get that into the public eye. Nobody in the court system is, though, you know. No. Because one, you know, your your prosecution doesn't necessarily want it out because it shows a lack of uh, mm-hmm. discovery on their part, mm-hmm. or the police Due doesn't diligence. want it. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. how did this how did this not get found? And then the uh, the defense doesn't want it definitely because it just implies more guilt. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the case with inflammatory evidence too. Is uh, you know the prosecution typically wants all evidence, just the every, everything in the kitchen sink thrown in there. Uh, defense only wants stuff that's going to be, uh, you know, supporting their their case or their client um, with all evidence. So the judge makes the final decision on what's going to be entered into evidence. It's kind of crazy, right. though. Mm. Um, okay, so Got one a call. Uh, <laughs> I do eventually. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, do you hey? Luda, do you know what happened on October 3rd, 2010? Oh, my God. Okay, this is what you had? Uh, yeah. No, I don't. You met your current side piece. That's why you're driving around your banana seat. Oh, my God. Why did I say that? You're one of those dots on the map in your local? Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry, man. I just want to hear a phone call, please. I was going to say, I think naturally you're thinking that obviously the 19th Commonwealth Games opened in Delhi, India. And, you okay, you wouldn't be wrong because that's probably where you're going, but that's not all that was going on at that time. Uh, right. Just down the road from Delhi, India, in Philadelphia, there's a suburb called Springfield, and a phone call was placed to 911. Um, there was two people that uh, that... In, in, in question here. One is Michael Barkland and his wife Dorleen Barkland. <laughs> I love that name, Dorleen. It kind of sounds like a corn song, like... You know, like, oh, you could just hear that something. That would have been a hit. That would have been a hit. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. So, okay. So, you see, Michael and Dorleen had been going through a rather drawn-out divorce process since 2007. Remember, this is 2010, so this has been years. Three. Part of the complexity of their divorce process was largely due to some disputes over who would keep their $400,000 home 
and help to guide the process of selling their 10-acre property after the divorce. So they had a post-nuptial agreement in place. You know what that is? It's like a prenup, but a post-nup. So it's basically an agreement you make after you shoot the marriage to death. Um, the the post-nup agreement stated that Dorleen was, <laughs> was to receive 80% of the marital assets. That's including Michael's United Airlines pension because he's a pilot. Uh, now, mm-hmm. just to clarify, typically in a divorce case, or at least as I experienced it, the party filing for divorce is advised more or less to come out swinging, like with the understanding that a negotiation is always going to follow that. Um, and that negotiation is going to chip away at whatever they've demanded as to be theirs as part of that agreement. So mm-hmm. – my guess is that since uh, Philadelphia is what we call a community property state, which basically means that anything you've acquired together while you're married qualifies to be split. In most cases, it's like 50-50. Uh, so even though the post-nup agreement stated that she was going to get 80%, uh, there's no real way to confirm that she would actually get that. In fact, that could be one of the major reasons that a divorce is drawn out, trying to rein in one party who's asking for way too much and they won't budge so that could be part of the reason why the divorce is happening in the first place if the woman knows she's gonna get 80 percent yeah set the guy up that i mean you know it happens it does happen i actually had a had someone close to me happen just recently where they had built a very sizable pension retirement Mm -hmm. through through a company he's a lifer you know he's been there for a long time he's gonna retire there when the divorce happened he was given an option do you want to split your retirement now and start over or kill yourself (laughs) exactly or do you want to wait until you're retired and then split it then and uh, he made the choice to you basically freeze your retirement investment at that point cut it in half give half of it to your ex and then reinvest your money back into your retirement and you move forward. So it's uh, uh boy, it's painful, but yeah. Yeah. get yourself a perpendicular uh, plantain <laughs> bike. <laughs> I think that might become a shirt. <laughs> I'm sitting on my seat. My seat is in me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, a year before the call took place that you're going to hear, Dorleen had already moved out of their house. And she she really wasn't dealing with the process well. And many of the people that knew the Birklands would say that she seemed not only upset, but maybe even a little um, off kilter about everything. Uh, At one point, she went on a website that's sort of like a white pages website, you know, not like a social media website, but like, like a place where you go to like find a phone number. And she posted several messages on that website claiming that her husband had fathered another child somewhere in California and that she wanted to know where the child was. Uh, after that post, she actually visited the FBI four times to make her case to them and report her husband's infidelity to the FBI. Um, she talked about the child's claim to Michael's Social Security benefits, and she was worried that that child was going to come and try to take some of his Social Security uh, and that uh, potentially the mother of the child might be coming to kill her. <laughs> uh, weird. All right. Yeah. 
Uh, so she also posted a bunch of rants about Tiger Woods, and uh, she also oh. accused her neighbor of being a, quote, evil one. And your face will become disfigured. With every passing day, your evil will turn inward and attack you. Ooh, did she actually say that's a real quote or did yeah. you add on to no, that? No, that's what she said in that voice. That's what that's what she said. And attack you, Brenda. Ooh, I'm on buddy's side. <laughs> I'm on, <laughs> right? I'm on buddy's side. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were starting to to say, oh, she's uh, she's not. Uh, what's the what's the phrase? Uh, one egg short of a ham salad. Um, I think that's what it is. So about a month before the call. She moved back to the house secretly while Michael was away on a business trip because he's an airplane pilot uh, for American Airlines. Um, that's an airplane company here in the United States. Oh, um, <laughs> I did. thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, sure. uh, egg short of a Cobb salad would have worked back there. I'm just saying, but go ahead. I think uh, I think it's ham sandwich. But neither here nor there. Um, <sighs> Because of his pilothood, uh, his work hours were typically pretty predictable. Yeah, unless, of course, uh, it's like his workday was cut short by, I don't know, plane crashes, maybe? Hey, those have been happening, uh, I heard. I and mean, this, you can't uh, take anything. You can take it with a salt lick here that more plane crashes have been happening since uh, the whole pandemic thing because a lot of pilots haven't been getting as much practice as they needed to be having and they're yeah. like out of practice and they're crashing planes somebody told me that well you think about it pick any other job in the world it's like you know you go to work and you're like you know what i'm just i want to take the day off and then you're like hey boss uh i'm sick i'm not feeling good so that's how they get out of it but when you're mid-flight thirty thousand feet in the air going like 600 miles an hour mm. you can't call in sick so the only way to get out of work that day crash the plane crash the plane <laughs> that's it the only way, yeah. as I he see, he had a it. mask over his whole face. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it didn't step on him. <laughs> At least he's safe. Yeah. <laughs> so she knew that he'd be gone, and so she moved back into the house while he was gone and changed mm. all the locks on him. Because of that, Michael was compelled to stay with some friends, uh, but he was at the house pretty frequently, you know, in and out. Um, but due to their compelled. Constant- well, forced. Forced, yeah, because he couldn't get in. His key didn't mm-hmm. work anymore. Um, you know, and if he crashed a plane into the house, then he'd lose all of his own belongings. So, you know, all options are off the table. He'd have his pride. He'd have his pride at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they warred all the time with each other. They argued. They fought. And because of Dorleen's recent actions at the time of taking over the house again, Michael saw a court order to remove her from the house. Their court day was only eight days away when the phone call you're about to hear was placed. Finally, Michael had enough. He went to the house. He started packing his suitcase with all of his belongings. It was probably either a really big suitcase or, well, I guess she was slated to take 80% of everything, so it might have been a standard-sized suitcase. Uh, hopefully, he wasn't going to try to uh, check that into baggage claim at work, because that would be really awkward. Could you imagine that? They're like, Michael, Michael, what, uh, what's in the in the suitcase? Why are you, why are you, why are you carrying on this, play, this, this trip with such a big... Michael, is that a trophy in your suitcase? Is that your whole house? Is that a, yeah. is that award, an award from when you... <laughs> Ran track in third grade? That's 
what is, what is all this, Michael? Hey, before the one stars start coming in and before you do this call, <laughs> can we just confirm that not all divorces are created equal and we're not, not always on the guy's side? We're not. That, that, all right, perfect. Yes. I can sense them. Type tapping away. She she was circling the drain as far as, uh, well, in my opinion at least, as far as, in a lot of people's opinion actually. Her, her mental state seemed to be, I believe the uh, scientific medical textbook term is dumpster fire. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say deteriorating, but. Both these, all right. That too, not quite as scientific, but anyway, you are you ready for me to uh, to hit play? Um, yeah. All right, here we go. Nine one one, what's your emergency? My emergency um, is at thirty two oh nine Mink Road, Kittnersville, PA. What township is that in? Bucks County. Okay, but who's the police department there? Uh, it's a Springfield Police Station. Okay. I'm just going to pause it really quick at the beginning of this. Already, I, there are some amazing things. Like, can you can you hear the dispatcher? She's like, "No, what the heck's the freaking What the frack's going on? What are you calling? Who who dissed? Who dissed? Like, she seems so uninterested in. And then, uh, I've never heard this happen before. But she says. Where is this? And she's like, Mink Road. She's like, No, no. What I mean is, like, where? What police station? Uh, you're the dispatcher, right? You should know this stuff. Why are you asking the person calling which police department? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you get the sense that she's had a couple of dumb calls, a couple of happy endings just before this, and she's not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, back to the call. And I requested a state police to come out. Okay. I, would, I would like um, state police Mike Wolf. Okay. Well, He's out of Dublin. Okay. What is your name? My name is Doreen Berkland. Okay. And I did already. And I did already contact the FBI as well. Okay. And what did you need the state police for, ma'am? I shot my husband. Okay. Is he? Where is he at right now? He's up in the bedroom. And I already contacted the FBI. I tried to reach someone who I was in contact with when uh, I was living in Bethlehem. A woman who has been abreast of what's been going on. Okay, so is your husband awake and able to speak with you? Pardon? You said no. you shot her husband, your husband, right? Yes, I shot my husband. Okay, yes. he's not. Is he awake and able to speak with you? No, he is not. Okay, Darlene, what's your last name? Berkland, you notice on all these calls where somebody has killed somebody or shot them or done something to someone, they act like very serious about it. It's like, hey, listen. Very <laughs> you can formal. That, 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 <laughs> yeah, like they're in control here. Like, yeah. they, like this is the last time in my life I'm going to be in control, so I'm going to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that guy that uh, killed his mom and was in the driveway. <laughs> Remember that mm-hmm. guy? And he was just like, yep. he's monologuing the whole time about what a good person he is. And, uh, yeah. It's the last time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was watching a video the other I just day. Clean, I just cleaned this driveway. <laughs> just cleaned, <laughs> Remember that's he right. said, yes. I, I just cleaned this driveway. <laughs> exactly. I was watching a video from inside a cop car. It was like the camera looking at the back seat on a guy that had been arrested and just driving down the road. His eyes are just glued to the outside. You know he's thinking, this is the last time I get to see trees. Is it? <laughs> but, yeah, to your point, they get very formal. 
which which mm-hmm. plays into this case in particular. You can hear how like composed she is, sort of, I guess, and very very formal. Well, adrenaline's high. You tend to get composed when the adrenaline's high. She's hyper focused. Yeah, but do you when the adrenaline's high? Do you sound like you're submitting your SAT exam? I mean, <laughs> she's like that's Birkeland. B U R K is in kangaroo. L is in Larry. You know, I just it's weird, but. Eh. The last thing I'll say before we'll get back to the call here, but like, uh, and where is your husband? Is he the the opera? Is he? Shit, I'm like dead. Like, how do I how, how do I put this? Is he laying on the floor beside me, lady? Yeah, I shot him. Is he watching TV? He's getting a sandwich right now. What's the status? Like, how's he doing? After you shot him. I don't believe she's actually answered that question yet, except for he can't come to the phone right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you can't. Can I? Yeah, you can't ask him himself. I'll put it that way. You can't ask him himself. Uh, All right. Here we go. Back to the Here we go. And like I said, I did call the FBI because I wanted to see if I could find Tiffany Hill. Okay, why would you call the FBI? They've been aggressive. I've been going to see them several times about my situation with my ex and him threatening my life. And I just moved back into the marital residence because we were trying to get a divorce and the property wasn't selling because of things that he was doing here to prevent the sale. And I had to move back and an argument ensued and I was not going to let him come at me again like he has. Okay, well, what I've done is I'm having the uh, Pennsylvania State Police being dispatched as we were speaking. Could you please ask for Mike Wolf? I went to see Mike Wolf some time ago about some of the things that were happening here that my husband was participating in with the local police that were was not good um, and with neighbors and so forth. And I, Tiffany Hill also with the... Um, FBI, I had reported some things to as well. Okay, and where is the gun that you shot him with now? It's sitting in the kitchen. Where do you want me to put it? Leave it where it is. Okay. What kind of gun was it? It's a handgun. It's a 38. My son's here as well. He was outside working on his go-kart when the uh, argument ensued. He's still outside. I'm keeping him out there. He's 18. His name is Gabriel. Okay, where are you going to be at in the residence? Where do you want me to be? Um, can you wait outside? Sure. Do you want me to be outside? Yeah, why don't you go stand outside with the, uh, your son? Okay. Can you stay on the phone with me? Sure, I can stay on the phone with you. Okay. Gabe, the police are on the line. I call, I told you I called the FBI to see if I could talk to Tiffany. That he had, he can't locate her because she was in the Allentown office. She could have been transferred. And do you remember what Anthony's name was? The gentleman that interviewed you at the FBI. Anthony, what was his name? Okay, I can't remember. Offhand, I have the notes. Son, do you remember what Anthony's name was? What was Anthony's name? Um, to reiterate, I called the FBI. How, how do you call the FBI? Do you press F? B-I? I mean... And when you call them, how do you just... Uh, could I speak with Tiffany, please? Oh, my God. <laughs> this lady speaking... Yeah. She's speaking with intention. Doesn't necessarily equate to speaking intelligently, right? I should know. I do it all the time. The other thing I just want to comment on quick, you mentioned the operator, the way that she's talking. Yeah. I, I just picture her 
with her head in a vice. <laughs> <coughs> like her head's being squeezed. Okay. Like she's being held still. And she's, okay. All right. Can't wait to get off this call so I can like get this vice off my head. Exactly. Both, both, both parties sound a little bit uh, off as far as that goes. And then I think maybe what she did is, to your point, I don't think she called the FBI. I think she was like, what's the best way to find somebody at the FBI? I know. I'll just start with some first names. Tiffany at FBI.gov. Dear Tiffany. And finally somebody responds. Oh my God. She's acting like it's already under control. Yeah. I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to, right? Like This is just, you know... Part of the process. She's name dropping. It's it's weird. Like 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 she's she's uh, letting the dispatcher know. Look, everyone's aware of my situation. Yeah. Um, could you please call the Pope? The Pope. I I did confession the other day. I told him the email Pope at yeah. Pope dot com with my confession. He should be privy to all the information and be abreast of the changes. <laughs> It's the same way I talk to my pharmacist when I'm trying to dupe them into thinking I talk to my doctor and he wants a re- me to get a refill on these, but he doesn't have the time. So can you just give me a refill on my Dilaudid? My response, I have a terrible lie, lie. I can't lie very well. So usually if that's like, so have you seen your doctor about this? Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> All right, back, More call. back to the call. And what did you say the Pennsylvania State Police Trooper's name was? Michael Wolf. And he's out of Dublin. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay, sorry, Darlene. Okay, what I'm going to do, Darlene, is... um. Hold on one second, okay? Hold on. I'm holding on. I'm not going anywhere. Ma'am? Yeah. My son, um, he has nowhere to go. Um, this is, you know, this is our home, and he has nowhere to go from here. Um, is there a possibility that he can stay here if, after they take me, or that he can come back to the house? Um, are they going to allow it? What is your son's name? Gabriel. Okay. Um, that's going to be up to the uh, Pennsylvania State Police when they get out there, you know, what they're going to, you know, um, what he's going to have, what they're going to do with him, if they're going to allow him to stay in the house or not. Okay. Okay. Gabriel, can you go to Grant's if you if need be tonight? Okay. Okay. I know he will. I just asked him if you could stay here. I don't know. It's going to be up to the state police. Somebody in a blue van is backing up and coming in. Who would that be? No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. What? What? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's okay, a van. Darling. It's a van. It doesn't look like an ambulance. It's a van. Okay, darling. What I'm going to do is they were told the ambulance that was being dispatched was being told to uh, wait out before the state police. The state police, I'm going to transfer you to their, them now. Don't hang up, okay? Well, this is a, a guy in a van. It's not an ambulance. Okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to transfer you to the state police, okay? Hold on one second. Don't hang up. Well, who's this guy? I don't know. Hold on one second. I'm going to transfer you to the state police. It could be a I don't know. Are you a Are you? Who are you? Well, 
They said that you weren't supposed to come until the state police got here. Nine one one. What should I do? Should I let him in the house? What should I do? Just wait right there. Just hang up. Or don't hang up. I'm transferring. Okay, wait a minute. He says he lives down the road. Okay, well, tell him not. Tell him. Hold on. You live down the road. You weren't supposed okay, to come here. Okay, hold on one second, okay? Hold on. Right, he wasn't, I know, he wasn't supposed to come here. Right, okay, hold on one second. Don't hang up. State Police Dublin, Corporal Glide. Yeah, hi, it's Bucks County. Yeah. Hey, Darlene, are you there? Darlene? Hello? Darlene. Darlene, the PSP is on the phone. Talk to them, okay? Okay, wait, what am I going to tell them? I mean, this, this, there's this gentleman that's here. Okay, Darlene, this is, my name is Corporal Glad from the state police. <laughs> okay. Could you imagine how that played out in uh, court proceedings? Exactly what time did uh, the police arrive? Well, the, technically they arrived uh, about seven, seven minutes after the phone calls came in. Uh, what time were they allowed on the property? Uh, well, the gunman wouldn't approve them to uh, <laughs> exit their blue van until uh, approximately 13 minutes later, but she had everything under control. Uh, weird. Yeah, weird. Weird. I would have thought that she would have been comfortable seeing just a van pull up. It would have been her buddies from the FBI, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, right. It says, Tony's Pizza on the side of it? <laughs> oh, no, they're just doing a clandestine mission uh, down the street. They decided to pop over here. They're fully aware of what's going on here since you called them, remember? Fully aware. Tony's Pizza with the giant radar dish on the top. <laughs> Just a pizza man. It's your buddies from the FBI. <laughs> yeah. That was so weird. Like, she was literally kind of running the show there. And I love the dispatcher at the end. She's like, just hang up. Don't hang up. Just shut your mouth. I mean, don't shut your mouth. I mean, just, I don't know, lady. When's this going to end? <laughs> I have a vice in my head. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got problems, lady. The cops showed up. Be happy. Just be grateful somebody showed up, okay? Yeah. Laughing so much during this, but hey, the, th the also the thing with the to the twenty year old son. Yeah, I, um, she was so worried about what's gonna happen. Right, to him. like, should it's I like, give I him know. some fruit snacks and send him down the road? Uh, should I call somebody to see if he can sleep over? He's twenty; he could literally go to a strip club. Come on, yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry. Pour some cereal on the ground, you know, outside. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? What's it? mom? So, um, so wait, wait, hang on. You just, you just killed dad, but, but you asked him if I could stay here. Mom, is that, is that right, mom? What about the blood? What, what am I supposed to do? With just lay a sleeping bag on top of it, Gabriel. Here's some fruit snacks. <laughs> do something for once in your life. Get a mop. Clean this mess up. No worries. Gabriel's on it. He's fully aware of what happened. Well, it's a crime scene, ma'am. You can't... No, no, he's fine. He, he's talked to the FBI, too. He also knows NASA. And Patty from NASA, she might have been relocated already to space, but if you could just email her, space at patty.com, I believe that. You just get her on the phone. I'll wait. I take back the mopping up thing, too. If your name's Gabriel, you're 20 and you're living at home, you probably don't know what a mop is. Oh, no, true. <laughs> okay. All right. So is somebody dead here? Somebody's dead, uh, actually. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Good. Just want to make sure. Uh, the weekend before Michael was shot by his wife, 
uh, he actually traveled to New York to meet for the first time with about 10 other members of an online support group that he had joined. The group's common thread amongst all the members was spouses or ex-spouses with mental health issues. So, uh-huh, uh-huh, see where this is going? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Specific. Uh, so, Dorleen... In, I just can't. I want to say. I want to scream like corn every time I say her name. I'm sorry. Dorleen had insisted that she shot Michael in self-defense. Uh, that Michael had been lunging at her in an attack formation when she shot him. But all of the forensic evidence uh, presented by the district attorney detailed a very different situation. I don't know why I'm giggling. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know either. It showed that Michael was actually on his knees with his hands covering his face when she shot him. She had, Whoa. in reality, shot him at point-blank range uh, with eight hollow-point bullets while he begged for his life. Eight? Yeah, at least... Hilarious. Yeah. At least three of those bullets ended up in Michael's face, head. Wow. Hollow points. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. Eight? 38 Smith & Wesson, they can, on a rare occasion, depending on the, 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 the fr- structure of the gun, they can hold... Eight to ten rounds most of the time. That gun holds five to six rounds, which means that she would have emptied the gun and reloaded it reloaded. and shot mm-hmm. him again, which I don't know for sure, but I know that the 38 Smith & Wesson, most models, five to six rounds. Also, when she was taken into custody and she was felt up at the uh, police department, oh. what, what do you uh-huh. call that? Really? Touch all of your body. Frisked. Frisked. Yeah. Uh, They were like, what's in your backpack? She's like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I almost forgot. She pulls out a handful of bullets. Like, just hit here. Here, you're going to need these here. Trickle, trickle, trickle. She hands them more bullets. So she, self-defense. She tried Mm -hmm. to explain um, that, that he had lunged at her and that she shot him five times. And that he got back up, which is when she said that she shot him three more times in the back to defend herself. It's not but that's not what it showed on the body, right? Super no. No. Um, evidence photos showed Michael had been multiple bullet wounds to his face and body. Uh, this is also an interesting thing. And this, um, this is one of those situations where evidence may be deemed as inflammatory. Okay. Uh, there were photos of Michael's body with rods that were inserted into the entry and exit wounds um, to to show to show how the entry and exit wounds lined up, like from what trajectory the bullets traveled. Uh, so and and how would who, it be? Who was the blood spatter expert? Michael C. Hall. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds a little barbaric, but they actually, they do. I mean, they will track a bullet's trajectory with rods. Uh, sometimes through walls, they'll put string through, you know, so they're just trying to show. Uh, basically, if For sure. if she had shot him based on the trajectory of the bullets uh, in self-defense, if she had shot him in self-defense, uh, she would have been 12 feet tall uh, based on how those bullets uh, entered and exited his face, head region not really possible i didn't know that they stuck those rods i'm just caught up on the on the rods and the body that you like you can see yeah that they stick those into the into the wounds yeah they do that they shove them in through the wounds 
I'm not I'm not well versed on crime scene analysis as much, so I don't know mm. if that necessarily happens at the crime scene. I would I would imagine they don't want to move the body; they want to assess as much as they can before they you know met, they 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 disturb the crime scene. But that kind of thing. I just picture. Sorry, man. I just picture like the. Uh, the pins from like the front nine all being through them with all different numbers, flags hanging off of them. <laughs> Those photos could also be if had been taken at his uh, autopsy or right. probably anywhere in between. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the crime scene. But I think in this case, they were submitted as evidence from the crime scene. Okay. Um, can't find them anywhere, but just in case you're excited or interested, I've done a FOIA request to see if I can get a hold of the, the uh, crime scene photos and more information. Because I don't know if you heard it, but that 911 call truncates right when the state uh, police officer gets on the phone. So I'm trying to dig right. up to see if there's a full version. If there is, uh, we'll be posting it on Patreon along with the uh, the evidence. front nine. Yeah, <laughs> shoot. Yeah, oh, that's so stupid. Okay. <laughs> Just picturing him with all these rods hanging out. I, he looks it seems like, disrespectful. It's super disrespectful. Yeah, it looks like uh, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> no, Hellraiser. I Hellraiser. There you go. Yeah, version. Hellraiser. So all of that evidence, if that wasn't you know s- stupid enough to uh, you know just barrier at that point, another piece of evidence that was also pretty darn damning uh, was one of Dorlene's best friends who testified that she had talked about killing Michael before in the past and that she actually said she would cover it up to make it look like self-defense. So that's her best oh. friend <laughs> coming coming at her. Um, like you heard like you heard at the phone, on the on the call Gabriel their 20-year-old son he was home mm-hmm. he would later testify on his mother's behalf um, I don't have detail on what exactly he was testifying on her behalf for. My guess would be probably along the same lines that everybody else was talking about Dorlene, which was she was half a kangaroo short of a happy meal. <laughs> okay. You know. Yeah. They kept on calling her Darlene too. Yeah. Once she said Dorlene. I know. Dorlene. Oh, sorry. I had to do it. Yeah. Um, that, Anything uh, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of family members said that uh, friends and family members, neighbors, they all said that Darlene had had a bunch of odd conversations leading up to this um, with her. This odd conversation? <laughs> Seems like she only has odd yeah, conversations. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even the 911 call was odd. Like, it was very odd. Yeah, she seemed to be kind of stirred up about everything. Um, people people being blamed for helping her husband to uh, make life hard for her like everybody was in 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 on this thing she had alluded on the uh-huh. phone call to 911 that uh, he was in cahoots with the local police which is why she you know she kept talking about state police and FBI and all that you never know some of it could be true but i mean Maybe. he shot him that many times with hollow point bullets so i mean yeah it doesn't I mean, maybe. Who knows? I mean, uh, I think, was he abusing her? From what you could tell, was was there any abuse going on? There were, there were, there were, there were times where she mentioned to people that he was abusive. There were never any reports that she submitted. Right. No, no calls to police. No, no cases opened or investigations or anything. Uh, to to anything like that. The only time really she mentioned it was kind of in coupling conversation with uh, in coupled conversation with um, 
a conversation about their divorce or right. custody or access to, <laughs> to assets. What, what so. a, right. What I'm trying to say, like, so do you get the sense that she would have done this intentionally to collect money? I think I think so much of their problem. She even mentioned it on the nine one one call that uh, the house was a bone of contention and their assets and property. And she was supposed to get eighty percent. So, you know, it seemed yeah. like a priority to her. Um, also, an interesting part of this was um, Gabriel wasn't in attendance when the verdict of her trial was read, but a while later. Um, Michael's insurance money would come up in an appeal and Gabriel would make an attempt to get it. Uh, but he messed it up because he told the attorney that he wanted to get it to help his mom with her attorney fees, which was a big mistake because that would violate what is called the Pennsylvania Slayers Law, which I know sounds like a local Pennsylvania metal tribute band. Great title. Yes, Slayers title. Law. But uh, mm-hmm. but it actually prohibits convicted murderers or accessories to murder from benefiting financially at the expense of the deceased, which also sounds like another great metal band name, Expense of the Deceased. Yeah, yeah. I got another one for you. Crime of Passion with Benefits. Ooh, I like that. That's what this sounds like. Yeah, and also a Lifetime special, just Passion with Benefits. Mm. Yum. So what happened to uh, Dorleen? Yeah. So, yeah, she, um, the jurors took less than three hours to find Dorleen guilty uh, of first degree murder and possessing an instrument of crime. That's, that's an interesting term, possessing an instrument of crime. I'm not quite sure what wouldn't be. And it's, I think you could turn anything into an instrument of crime. Like, a, you know, oh, yeah. a fence post, mm-hmm. a baby leg. Yeah. I don't know. The ninth tee. The ninth tee. Anything. But ninth pin, sorry. Yeah, they mm-hmm. got her though. They got her on those those counts. Um she is serving life. Uh and hopefully, at least at this point, she will not benefit financially from his death, which I'm glad they've got that Slayer's Law in place. <sighs> so that's a good thing, at least. I'll see how much she could boss around those ladies at four foot ten in the prison system with that <laughs> attitude. I wonder how that's going for. Her. She'll probably tell him, "Look, you watch out. I grow to twelve feet tall when I'm angry. You'll notice <laughs> yeah. it. Forensic evidence will prove it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, do you like it when we play ads? I've never heard an ad on this podcast. Some people have. They said, "Yeah," um, but in Canada, we're not getting them. Uh, so I'm not sure if I like it or not. Yeah, I don't know if there's any that actually play, but if they do, they'd go right here. All right. Um, hey, hey, do you want a happy ending? Sure, yeah. Okay. Hey, Luna. Weird. It feels like we just had one. How much fun did we have with that murder? <laughs> that was – okay, uh, okay. I will I will, I will, will peek – I'll give you a peek behind the curtain. I was actually quite depressed when I was doing this episode because there was not for, – for as kind of zany as it is, there, there's just not a lot on it. Like there's very few photos. There is no crime, hi, criminal history or background – Mm-hmm. On Dorleen or Michael, they they lived really s- pretty sedate lives. 
I, I, I only know about the things she wrote on that White Pages website because through other reports, I couldn't find that. It was frustrating because sometimes there's just like so much meat on the bone. But this one, mm-hmm. it was really light. So I was I was actually like, man, I'm just glad that it was zany enough that she's crazy enough that there was something to talk about. Because otherwise, it's just a really tragic story of a really good guy who gets murdered by his wife. Good guy? You know he's a good guy? Yeah, I asked him. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I don't know. When you get murdered, there's got to be something about you that's, you know, people don't like. There At least were one all, person. There were a lot of people from very varied walks of of life and involvement with the Berklands that supported him, though. It was it was not very black and white. It wasn't just, cool. like, his family. Um, I think Gabriel testified on behalf of his mother uh, in support of the insanity approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think he was too excited about what she did, you know? Yeah. He never, he never mentioned anything about her abuse uh, or anything. So that, well, glad that's over. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wish it was still happening. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Happy ending. (laughs) All right. Hey, Luna. Hey, Hey, do you know what is on the Australian coat of arms? Oh, you're trying to get me in trouble with the Aussies again <laughs> and the New Zealanders who freaking freak out every time I mix them up on purpose, by the way. Um, uh, prison bars and an angry face behind them. Often confused with the Monopoly piece. Yes. No. Uh- <laughs> Um, actually, it's a it's a kangaroo and an emu, which are both animals. Really? Yeah, the reason there's a kangaroo and an emu on the Australian coat of arms is because neither of those animals can walk backward. <laughs> really? Yeah, and it, it, that's to infer that oh, you know they're, they're, they're not, they they don't retreat. They they you know. Oh. As That's a people. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty neat. Also, hey, Luna. Hey. Have you ever heard of the Heinrich Maneuver? I had a friend whose last name was Heinrich, and his maneuver would be to not wipe his mustache of milk every time he took a sip. Gross. But no, other than that, no, I haven't. No, the Heinrich Maneuver is actually something I made up because I think it applies to this call, because this call involves a triple zero dispatcher from Australia named Andrew Heinrich. Um, a woman had called in because she couldn't get her baby started. Also, <laughs> also known in scientific circles as the baby had stopped breathing, which is not funny. Oh, so I don't know why you were laughing about that. Oh, but yeah, uh, are, you, are you ready to, uh, for me to hit play on this? Yeah, yes. Okay. Here we go. Go ahead, Telstra. Thank you. Police emergency. Okay, what's your address, please? Okay, can you... My daughter's not breathing. Okay, how old is your daughter? Four months old. She's only been in a hospital three weeks. She's a preemie. Okay. Okay, we're going to open up someone now, okay? Please, please. 
just remain on the line for me for a moment. <laughs> okay, where is she now? Is she on, on the on the floor or where? <laughs> on the couch. Sorry. On the couch. On the couch. Okay, I want you to put a flat on her back on the floor and remove any pillows. Nope. Yep. Okay, have you done that? Yes. Please help me. All right. Okay, listen. I want to say she's not breathing at all. No. No. I can't. All right. Okay, I'll give you some instructions on what to do. Okay. Yes. All right. I want you to place your hand on her forehead. Okay. Yes. The other hand underneath her neck. Yes. And tilt the head back. Yeah. Okay, I want you to listen. Can you hear or feel any breathing? No. Okay. All right, what I want you to do now, okay, is take the, uh, right between the nipples, okay, bare the yes. chest and get your uh, two fingers, your index yes. finger and your other finger. Yeah. Okay, and I want you to pump the chest hard and fast at least twice per second, okay? Okay, yep. just, just do that 30 times and tell me when you're done. <laughs> Yep. Okay, have you done that? Uh, have you finished doing that? Yes. Okay, well, I want, what I want you to do is I want you to place your mouth over, directly over her mouth and nose, okay? Yeah. Okay, and I want you to give her two, two breaths, all right? Yes. Okay, you done that? Okay, I want you to put your two fingers on the breastbone again. And, yep. give and, and push down hard and fast another 30 times, twice per second. Okay, have you done that? Yes. Okay, I want you to um, okay, give her a breath again, so put your, <laughs> put your mouth and over her mouth and nose. Do another two breaths. Okay, have you done that? Yes. Okay, now go back to the chest and um, give another 30 compressions oh with your two fingers, God. okay? Okay, we do, we do have ambulance on the way to you there, okay? Oh, God, I just lost my mom. Okay, you, are you doing that with your compressions? Okay, once you finish that, I want you to give another two breaths. Okay, you're still going? Yes. Okay, just when, when you're giving her the breath, just make sure her head's tilted back slightly, okay? okay can, can you just can you just look in the mouth for any obstructions, any food or vomit? Okay. Alright, I want you to give another two breaths, okay? No. Okay, look, and just, just keep doing it. Another 30 pushes with your fingers on the right in the breastbone. Okay, is someone else there helping you? My partner. Okay, is, is he able to assist you doing either of those things? Yeah. Okay, if, okay, just, I want you to keep that cycle going, okay? Just keep doing the 30... 30 compressions with your two fingers, followed by two breaths. And, and just when you're doing the breaths, make sure the whole mouth and nose is covered. My stomach is bubbling. It's what, sorry? It's bubbling. Bubbling, okay. It, you mean that's the noise you can hear? Yes. Okay. All right, I just want you to keep going with that, okay? 
<laughs> with the compression? Yeah, she's, she's, she's what, sorry? She's having a bit of a spew. She is now, okay. I want you to quickly turn her on her side. Okay, turn her on her side and um, use your fingers to move any, any vomit out of the mouth. Yeah. Are you doing that now? Yeah, she's making noise. Okay. All right, can you, can you put, put your ear right next to her and listen for any, any actual breathing? Yeah, I think she's breathing now. She is breathing now, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, I just want you to leave her on the floor and just um, keep monitoring her, okay? Yeah. Okay, I want you to tell me every time she takes a breath, okay? Yeah. Okay, starting now, just tell me every time she takes a breath. Yeah. Breathing. And again. And again. And again. Okay, is she crying now? Oh, sort of. Okay. Making noise anyway. Okay. Okay, she's still breathing okay at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Is she still making any funny noises or any gurgling noises or anything? Yeah, a bit of spew coming out of the nose and that's still. Okay, just, just, just make sure you um you wipe anything out of the mouth if there's anything in the mouth there. I've been doing it. I think they're here now, mate. They're there now? Yeah. Okay. Alright, I'll let you go. Yeah, she's here, mate. Okay, I'll let you go then. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you, Bye. goodbye. Whoa. Whoa. That was... Well... A, the, I heard you say it at the beginning of that call that this is not a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, man, I didn't want to hear it, but I knew where it was headed, which was good. It was rough. I think we recognize, we realized through that why they don't do the breasts anymore. Yeah, <laughs> with two breasts, it sounded like she was blowing her nose or blowing up a balloon animal yeah. for a minute. But people, when they, when they're when they're um, hyped up like that, they tend to blow too hard, especially on an infant, right? It sounded yeah. like those blows were too hard. Got the job done. Also, that operator of all the calls that we've heard, that's a gold medal, and that's the first gold medal that Australia's ever gotten, from what <laughs> I know. I, well, Blade Runner, right? But that, does he count? <laughs> yeah, it um, counts. Like, man, that. That was um, he was an incredible operator. That was amazing. Now, to to your point, a couple things. One, yes, the breaths. Uh, the reason her the baby's stomach was bubbling is because you put right. your mouth over their mouth and nose, and you blow, you fill the lungs enough. But the air's got to go somewhere if you're putting too much mm-hmm. in. So you know. But fortunately, baby was resilient enough, and um, the oxygen actually helped. <sighs> um, yes. So here's the other crazy thing about this. So that guy is so dialed in he's he's keeping them on track no you know just ice ice in his veins keeping things moving uh, aware of the scenario enough that he realizes somebody else is there and he enlists them and good call he's executing all of the emergency services at the same time with his other hand like that guy was killing it I mean, not killing (sighs) it I don't know what he was was living it he was living it he was making it live so, uh, one other thing that I thought was interesting, though, did you hear the frequency 
of the number of compressions, how how often, how many times so she, she was, was supposed to on a little tiny baby like that? How many? Like most of the time, she, it's, he said thirty, right? Yeah, most of the time it's staying alive, staying alive. Uh, right. Uh, uh, uh. But he was saying two, two press compressions a minute. Do you know what that's more like? What song that's more like? <laughs> I, I don't. He said two compressions a minute, though. Two two compressions he, a second. Sorry. Oh, I see. yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah two yeah. compressions a second. Right. Yeah. 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 You know. How good was it to hear the baby start to cry? Oh my gosh! And, and sputter and all that. Thing. Yeah, I started lactating. That was just a moment right there. <laughs> Boy, that was good. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, well, okay. Here comes a train. I gotta get out of here before it slams into me. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me again. Thanks for calling. All right. Hugs, everybody. Hey, thank you again for lending us your earballs. We couldn't be doing this crazy show without you. And if you like, 1159 is our little production company, and we have six podcasts all together for you to feast on. Three of them are ready and waiting in your favorite podcast player right now. Check out the one that started it all for us, Dark Topic, for amazing writing, amazing stories, and more of Jack's buttery voice. It's like if Bob Ross did a true crime show, like... Macabre Ross. And check out True Crime Kent, where Kent Chungus and I take a deep dive with a fine tooth comb into each story to see how much hair and stuff we can get on the comb. It's fun. And Kent swears. If you're into that sort of thing, I can't control him. He's his own beautiful redneck butterfly. Patreon is loaded up with three exclusive shows, Dark Calls, Brutal, and Dead Time Stories, just in case you run out of free content and have five bucks in your pocket. We love that you love what we are doing. We are grateful that you tell us every day. So many awards, so much love and support in our Facebook groups. It feels really good for the soul, you know? And for all of you, so much hugs.